Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1107, air date September 19th, 2022. Good evening, everyone, uh, or good morning, actually, or if it's evening, wherever you are. Um, I'm going to be doing a morning broadcast. Um, it's a new uh, schedule for, I know some people, but in the mornings, we're going to be doing a broadcast on, you know, a, a news event of the day. And in the afternoons, this is us time. We'll be doing a broadcast on a health issue of interest. Um, typically we sort of do them in different occasions, but given so many things going on, I've been requested to do two videos. So it's a lot of work. We also have a couple of interviews coming up, which we'll be broadcasting. But today's discussion is, um, everyone probably has heard the queen is buried. And, um, but I think this is really an occasion to honor the American revolution. And I want to give my thoughts on this. Some of these are deeply personal. Um, many of you know that I originally came from India. I was born there. My parents grew up under the yoke of British colonialism in India. They were born, you know, in the twenties and thirties in India. So, um, what I want to really remark today is that it's very, very easy um, with the amount of effort that the media does to get involved in all the branding and the pageantry of the death of the queen. And by the way, let me make it clear, this has nothing to do with this woman, whether she was a nice woman or a bad woman, um, but figures like her actually are symbols. They represent something. And she actually represents an institution. And the institution she represents is an imperial institution that has no regard for, frankly, the idea of democratic institutions bottoms up. And we'll talk about that. The institution she represents is an institution that believes that the birth lottery and genetics win based on who you were born to is what should rule. And that's the institution we're talking about. So again, you can like her as a person, you can like the dress she wears, and all those kinds of things. And maybe she was a cute old lady, you know, or a nice woman, but that's all irrelevant. I think it's time that we use this occasion to start looking at individuals and people who they represent, what institutions they represent. You can look at yourself, you can look at me. Um, what institution do I represent? Where do I come from? Where do you come from? And because we're all part of a long movie that's being played and we're slice of that movie. So in many ways, there's a force of history that brings us to this point, myself and everyone included. And so the question is, what institution did she represent? A few days ago, I went through the entire history of the monarchy in England going all the way to, uh, all the way to 1066. Queen Elizabeth reigned for around 70 years. And in that 956 year monarchy, she represents about 7% of it. It's just a very small number. King Charles just started. I hate to use the word kings and queens here, but that's what we got to do. Um, but the queen is buried. And as the title says, I believe this is really an occasion to honor what took place in the American Revolution versus, you know, being sucked in to think we should honor 
this woman, um, and she really did not do anything, frankly, that remarkable during her lifetime um, with all the resources she had. But what she did do was that she reinstantiated, reset um, this institution, right? Um, the British establishment is very, very clever at branding, right? So if you see this burial today that took place, you see all the guards and you see all the regalia, you see all the Union Jacks flying, you know, the procession, the ceremony, they have it down to a science. And the British have always been good at branding, extremely good branding. And if you read, I'm not going to cover it today, but if you read the Queen, she was very, very conscious of how we, how she appeared, how she spoke, right? All these nuances of establishing her brand, costumes, right? Someone just said costume, exactly. Um, very, very important to remember, Sadie, they were very, very good at establishing these costumes, theater, okay? And that theater was to manipulate the large masses of people to feel good about giving their money through taxation to the queen or the king. And by the way, just to be clear, even to this day, the British public's taxation is taken up and given to the queen and the king. In fact, when the queen died, the billions, close to 28 billion we know, excluding her personal wealth, got transferred to Charles without any estate tax. All of us commoners still have to pay estate tax. So just... I just want people to be reminded of this. Um, and for me, this is personal because the entire system, this institution that she represented, this institution that she for 70 years kept going, which should have collapsed, but she propped it up, is an institution of the caste system. That there are few people who somehow get their rights from God, which is just made up, right? And the rest of us, uh, are supposed to listen to them and we have no freedoms. Um, in India, when my parents were growing up, pre-colonialism, pre-quote unquote independence, and we can I've done discussions about the Indian independence uh, movement, really talking about the fact that um, Gandhi and Nehru, who were really appointed by the British to rule over India. So it, the, in India, we went from white people with crowns to brown people with white hats. That's what really happened in 1947 was a transfer of power. It wasn't really truly an independence. So regardless of that, pre-colonialism or pre-quote-unquote independence, um, you have to understand the history that took place in India. $47 trillion of wealth was transferred from India to Britain. So all of this wealth, all of this pageantry that you see came from the exploitation definitely of the Indian people. African people were exploited. The American working class in this country was exploited. But the queen is buried. Is that what we want to continue to, uh, to celebrate? I don't believe so. That institution of exploitation, that institution of believing that a few individuals, because of the birth lottery, get a lot more rights than the rest of us. Now, when you go back and look at Indian history, starting when the British came to India in the 1600s, in fact, many different countries came to India, initially to do trading with India in the 1600s, 
because there was an emerging merchant class. But by 1757, the British is East India Company, and you can look this up, the British East India Company literally monopolized all of that trade. They got rid of all their competitors, the French, the Dutch, the Portuguese, etc. And starting from 1757 to 1857, they consolidated power in India by essentially doing backroom deals with all the feudal kings all over India. And these kings essentially capitulated um, to the, the British East India Company. But in 1857, when there was an uprising in India called the Sepoy Mutiny, where all these Indians, who were essentially more than the majority in the British Army and the other armies of Europeans, revolted, that's when the British Empire stepped in, not the British government, uh, the British East India Company. They weren't able to um, really have a good way of sustaining the growing discontent among the Indian masses. So the British Empire came in and they, between 1857 all the way to 1947, directly ruled India. All right. But during that period, what you need to understand is the Indian caste system, which was had existed for thousands of years, uh, between uh, the eighth century in India to all the way down to the 1600s, the Indian caste system was actually um, uh, starting to go away, which means people, the merchants and other people are saying, wait a minute, this caste system doesn't make sense. In fact, religious leaders, spiritual leaders were recognizing the caste system did not make sense. One of the important things that the British did in India very cleverly is that after they came and they brought together the old Brahmanical priesthood and they reimposed, and I want everyone to listen to this carefully, they reimposed the caste system, the draconian rules of pre-8th century India. So think about what I'm saying. The caste system was a very hierarchical structure and it said basically the birth lottery. You're born uh, to be a uh, shit cleaner. You're, the rest of your life is to clean shit all day. You're born to climb coconut trees and get coconuts, which is what my background was. That's all you should be doing. And that caste system existed, uh, was a very draconian system. But starting in the 8th century all the way to the 1600s, there was this movement to break that up, like the Protestant Reformation movement. It was being broken up. But one of the profound things that the British did was that they brought back the caste system. A lot of Indians um, don't even know this. The Indian, the, the British colluded with these old Brahmanical Hindu priests together, and they brought back the old rules of the pre-8th century India caste system. There's a great book written on this called The Rise and Fall of the East India Company by Ramakrishna Mukherjee, uh, which goes through in detail about this. But that's what the British did. And why did they do that? Because they wanted a way to control these Indians. They didn't want free Indians. You see, this institution that Queen Elizabeth revived and maintained, which should have gone away, in, in my view, in the 21st century, she maintained it, was that system of caste. So I hope with her burial, all of this goes away and we wake up. We should not be celebrating this. We should not be, frankly, celebrating you know, all of this nonsense. It's just pure branding, pure manipulation. Anyway, so that caste system, you know, is what I'm a product of. So if you look at my movie, my parents, by all regard, should never have even made it to the United States. My mother's family was destroyed, essentially, fragmented in many ways because of that caste system. 
And my father didn't get an education. He got his first book to read under a mango tree when he was around 10 or 11. But mo both my parents were extremely incredible people of will. And because of that will and determination, they somehow got educated and they somehow broke out of that caste system. Many are, you know, millions are still within that, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, and they made it to the United States. Why did they come to the United States? Well, the United States, my mom would say, well, in India, you can get, you know, discriminated by the, your caste, what part of the country you, you grew up, your, your color. There's like seven or eight different ways of discrimination. My parents felt the United States had relatively less ways to be discriminated, which means you had more opportunities to succeed, not based on your genetics or your birth lottery, but through your will and your work and your determination. And that was a promise of America. And the American Revolution should be honored today because the American Revolution gave us a Bill of Rights. And one of the most important things that came out of the American Revolution was the First Amendment. Let me be very clear to everyone. Britain has really no constitution. They have no regard for the First Amendment, free speech. In fact, at this, at the last 10 days of mourning, when people held up signs which said, not my king, they were arrested and dragged away. There is no First Amendment that the British people are afforded. Something very important to remember, the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment is not something that the Queen's institution really supported. So the institution, that's what the Queen represent. Again, today's talk, we're not going to talk about her as a person or you know how nice she was or she drank tea and she had some corgis and all that nice. Maybe she was a dog lover or she liked horses. That's all irrelevant. We're going to talk about that she supported an institution. And that institution was an institution of a caste system. It was an institution of ex rabid exploitation, an institution that had no regard for the Bill of Rights or the First Amendment, still does not to this day. Let me remind everyone also that it was during the Queen's reign that a duly elected prime minister of one of the commonwealths of Britain was ousted by one stroke of the Queen. And that was a prime minister in Australia. He was elected. You can go look it up. You can, I recommend you guys to go do some research. In the early 70s and 72, this prime minister uh, was opposed to the Vietnam War. The United States president, Nixon, didn't like him. So the United States CIA, in conjunction with MI6, literally did a coup. They had the governor general in Australia who reports right to the queen, exercise a coup. And they literally, with a stroke of the pen, threw him out. That is what, what some people call the reserve power, the weaponry of this institution. Many people think that the queen is just all this regalia and all this pageantry. All the stuff you'll see on TV if you watch it, all these pictures, the monarchy is not just these costumes. It has what's called reserve power. That if the people of Britain get out of line, let's say they happen to elect someone who's for working people, bottoms up. Well, guess what? They can, she, the king, now the king can call the Privy Council and completely dissolve parliament. There is really fundamentally no democracy for the British people. Should be really, this should be understood. So the British 
monarchy, the, that institution never, ever wanted the First Amendment, definitely not the Second Amendment or the Bill of Rights. So the American Revolution, many, many working people shed their blood, blacks, whites. And in fact, some Native Americans, I believe, even fought in the American Revolution. What One of the things we need to remember is that that institution of imperial power, when it was here among the colonists in the United States or in the revolutionary times, they practiced divide and rule. They had the white settlers fighting among the black slaves and they had the black slaves fighting among the Native Americans and so on. So they were very clever to make sure that the poor white settlers did not unite with the black slaves and did not unite with the Native Americans. It was very, very organized, okay? So this institution, another feature of it was divide and rule. So it's divide and rule, no rights for the rest of the masses, tax people, right? Do not give any um, and support this caste system, okay? That's this institution. That's what this institution is. And that institution is what Queen Elizabeth kept alive. And that institution is was live and well. And hopefully it's buried as of today. However, let me also remind people before I go to the however, that it is that institution of imperial power which also is behind the Atlantic Council. I'm not talking about the NATO, I'm talking about the Atlantic Council. Go look them up. It is the Atlantic Council, which has no regard for the First Amendment in the United States. It is the Atlantic Council, I know this personally on another note, that funded the research at Stanford and was behind funding the people at the Harvard Belford Institute, right down the street in Harvard, to create the playbooks, which were the uh, which were a key element that our lawsuit discovered, which is basically to ensure that any Americans who say anything against election officials will be targeted, thrown off uh, Twitter and other social media platforms. It is the Atlantic Council, which is a British-funded organization, British institution-funded organization, which does not like to see the First Amendment in the United States. So you got to understand that when the American Revolution took place, the, 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 the British elite who were here never wanted to give so uh, to rights to, the, to the, the settlers. So they threw some of these Bill of Rights to get them to fight one group against the other group. But they were very, very, um, exactly. This is the Atlantic Council has no regard for the Bill of Rights of the First Amendment of the U.S. And you have to understand this. And it is the Atlantic Council, which was funded by this monarchy. And it is the Atlantic Council in their long fuse report, which said that myself and four other people were super spreaders of disinformation. We were spreading the truth. Talking about the fact that ballot images were destroyed in Massachusetts during my election. We were spreading the truth about the pandemic. But it is the Atlantic Council, which is funded by the British elite, which wants to destroy the First Amendment. So this is live and well. So again, I hope all of this gets buried with the queen. 
We always also have to remember that $28 billion of wealth now gets, at minimum, at minimum, it's probably, that's just a fraction, gets transferred from Queen Elizabeth to this other guy who's frankly considered a complete doofus, King Charles, $28 billion. And he doesn't have to pay one cent in any taxes. You see the monarchy is well and alive, at least that institution. And that's what Queen Elizabeth did. She was very, she didn't really do anything else remarkable. She has really no other talent, but she did have the talent of using her sweetness to keep the branding of this you know, institution alive to feed it to the masses to think, oh yeah, we should feel so good. We're all getting screwed over, right? It's okay because something about the queen and the crown and all this, we should appreciate. It's just total brainwashing. So I would suggest to everyone that we should today honor actually the principles of what the American revolution was, was fought over. And we should bury this monarchy once and for all out of our minds first. There should be no honoring this monarchy, no honoring this institution. That's what we should really do today. And if you have friends who are watching this nonsense on TV and saying, oh, isn't it so beautiful? I think you should remind them of what this institution represents. And let me, before I, I come back, I, I want to summarize very importantly what this institution represents. But I just want to take a break to remind everyone that we not only critique stuff here at VA Shiva, but we offer a solution. And that solution is the way we bust the monarchy is to build a movement of working people bottoms up, independent of even all this electoral nonsense, because that's become a WWE wrestling match in the United States. But we need to build a bottoms up movement. We must break this caste system, which is in many people's minds. And when you go to Truth, Freedom, Health, that's what we're trying to do. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com and you will see that we've created my life's work, separate from inventing many things like email, is a truth, freedom, and health system. And that system will educate you on how the dynamics of power works. You will, you will get all sorts of educational tools. You'll get a community of people. Let me, um, and most importantly, you will get knowledge and tools that are independent of big tech. I'll come back to that, but I want to play, I have, I have a couple more important points that I want to uh, go through, but let me just play you this video that I like playing, which um, I call it like our anthem video for truth, freedom and health, but let me play this for you. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. Mm -hmm. This reality is what people need to wake up to, and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that, mm -hmm. and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing.
So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done, and it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote-unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Now, the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com.
And by the way, I want to recommend everyone every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and at 8 p.m., everyone is invited. You simply have to go to vashiva.com slash orientation and just RSVP, and you'll get a very nice invite, uh, 11 a.m. EDT or 8 p.m. I run those sessions, and you get a chance to meet some incredible people. But getting back to the queen, this entire burial and all this pomp and circumstance, you have to understand, is all brainwashing. And it's time that working people, A, recognize the dynamics of this brainwashing. It's very, very deep. It's very powerful. And without recognizing that and the dynamics of that, without having the theory to understand that as this video just went through, you'll always be fooled because that brainwashing comes in various forms. You could literally have a queen, as you're seeing here, the concept of royalty, in the United States, that concept is the Hollywood royalty or the Kennedys, okay? This concept of deeming other people better than someone else because of the birth lottery that they had is complete nonsense. And that is what the American Revolution was fought for. Many of those people who died were fighting against the birth lottery. I'll repeat that again. The American Revolution was fought against the birth lottery system. Just because you were born into this family doesn't mean, boom, you get all this stuff. And because you were born into this family, you get nothing. The goal of the American Revolution was that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. It was about to, to be about your work, your labor, your innovation, what you did. My two incredible parents were part of that caste system. They worked their butts off, you know, and worked their butts off. And in a one in a trillion chance, I came to the United States because they wanted myself and my other sibling to prosper. That was a hope of the United States, which was the first time in human history, a working class got together and they earned themselves the first amendment, the second amendment, and a whole bunch of bill of rights that never took place before. But still to this day, that institution that this queen represent hates the first amendment. They hate the Second Amendment. They hate the Bill of Rights. That's why the British people have really no constitution. And at any point, that institution of power can revoke the, the democratic rights of the British people or any of the Commonwealth. And again, as I said earlier, this is not theory. It occurred in Australia in 1972. A duly elected prime minister, his power was ripped away from him because the monarchy just felt, well, he's not one of us. All right? So that's where we're at. So our movement for truth, freedom, and health, it's a movement, it's a science, it's an education, it's a system, is the only force on this planet right now that is taking the knowledge of history, that is taking the knowledge of system science, which everyone should study, which is what the elites study, and I've made it accessible to all people. And with that knowledge, you can start understanding the dynamic you can start reflecting on your own self because this is in many ways a, an analysis of yourself because the brainwashing is very, very deep. You have to understand the dynamics. You have to understand the solution, which is what we offer. Let me see if I can go to that website very briefly because I don't want to um, spend a lot of time on this. But if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, you will see that I've laid out this site in such a way that anyone can follow the real history, what's going on. It says, get educated or be enslaved. And you'll see this diagram over here. 
And this what this diagram really is sharing here. I think I'm sharing it. Hopefully I'm sharing it. Yep. So what this diagram is really sharing here for all of you is that I've created a technology, a system where you can learn the science of systems. You get, let me go down here. You get all of this stuff, okay? This system will deliver you the wisdom. So you as an individual can break from this mind-numbing slavery, but you will learn the science of systems. This will teach you how this system of power, profit, and control works. You will understand how the same science can be applied to your body for better health. You'll get access to special events and lectures. You'll also be given tools so you can teach others. We do one-on-ones, but we have a huge community now of 360,000 people globally. And then we have created technologies independent of big tech. But fundamentally, what we're solving here is this fundamental problem here. Right now, those in power feed you ignorance, leading you to illusion. That's what's happening with this queen's death, like as though we should be honoring this nonsense. And this leads people to confusion. Either they choose the left or the right, or they get desperate, or they get complacent. The only way out of this is through, and I encourage everyone to go to truthfromhealth.com, is through knowledge. And that knowledge comes from understanding the science of systems, where you get wisdom, where you get clarity. And that clarity will lead all of you to recognize why we, as human beings, as free people, need to rebuild a bottoms-up movement. Because right now, what's going to happen in Britain, and this is my prediction, is that the British elite are very clever at watching which way the wind blows and figuring out how to rebrand themselves. So now they have Charles, and then they have William, and they're going to be representing themselves as though they care for all the commoners. They're going to be doing a big rebranding exercise. And if you watch what Charles did was he went all over the United Kingdom, almost like a campaign. He's going to act like he cares for the environment and the common folks. Well, if he does so, abolish the monarchy. And then his heir, William and Kate, and they may be very nice people, but they have serious people who are helping them with their brand because they still want to sustain this institution of power profit and control. They want to retain this institution of slavery in terms of, when I mean slavery, that the rest of us have very little rights compared to them because it's ordained by quote unquote God. It's called the concept of primogeniture. So be wary. And this is a time to bury, truly bury the queen and honor things like the American Revolution and honor yourselves. So the question you have to ask yourself is, do you have self-respect? Do you want to take personal accountability? Do you want to build a bottoms-up movement? Because right now, those forces of power, profit, and control are reorganizing themselves with the death of the queen. And they're going to rebrand themselves to do another mind-fucking brainwashing, acting as though they care for all of us when they don't. So I wanted on this occasion of the burial of the queen to really honor the American Revolution. It was the one singular point in history where people got access to more rights. And now those rights are being taken away. And you remember, the monarchy does not give a damn about free speech. It doesn't. People were being arrested because they held up signs saying, not my king, just moments ago. So remember that. And educate your friends. Become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com. 
and come to our next orientation. We hold orientations every week. You're welcome to it. And you will start understanding this relationship between truth, freedom, and health. Why freedom is essential to practicing real science. Why freedom is essential for us to get healthy. And why health, economic health, your physical health, your infrastructure health leads to freedom and truth. Okay? And as many of you know, you know, I'm a working scientist. We've created an amazing, I continue to innovate. Truth, freedom, and health is a system of knowledge, community, education, and you should take advantage of it. I've made it ex extremely accessible. I used to teach the concept in truth, freedom, and health at MIT. People used to pay tens of thousands of dollars. And when we gave it away for free, no one wanted to do it. So we'd say, hey, give it, give a hundred bucks. It's a nominal amount. You get access to it. But most importantly, the goal is to build a bottoms up movement. And that's what we're doing here. So I hope all of you take advantage of truth, freedom, and health. I hope all of you honor yourselves. You honor events like the American Revolution, but you please, for God's sakes, stop honoring this queen's burial, okay? If anything, we should hope we finally end this monarchy, this institution of power, profit, and control. That's what I hope truly happens on this day. Thank you, everyone. Have a good morning, good evening, wherever you are.